I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties, and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of God bless Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, I have returned for you today for a discussion of Super Bowl 30. You know what, since as of late, I decided to talk about Super Bowl 27, then 28. You know what? Might as well go the full nine yards. Might as well score the hat trick. So, might as well talk about Super Bowl 30. And quite frankly, I can't tell you how difficult it will be. Not exactly because of the fact that I was three years old when the Cowboys beat the Steelers 27-17 in Arizona to win their third Super Bowl in four years. But the fact of the matter, well, maybe I should say, because due to the fact that the Cowboys have not won the Super Bowl since and have not even made it to the NFC Championship since. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, the wound is already split open, the cut is deep, and salt is being thrown onto the wound. Ouch, it really stings. But let's carry on anyway. Let's just tell it like it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, the 1995 season surely was something. It's amazing that in that particular season, Los Angeles, the two teams in Los Angeles relocated. The Rams went to St. Louis, but of course they returned to LA in 2016, while the Raiders moved back to Oakland. And it would start a 20-year absence for an NFL team in the City of Angels. (laughs) And that particular season as well, the Cleveland Browns, would relocate to Baltimore. Of course, they were going to become the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. A lot of interesting things. <laughs> but the way it ended is that the Cowboys won Super Bowl 30, defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers 27-17 to at Sun Devil Stadium in Arizona. The Cowboys would become the first team in NFL history to win three Super Bowls in four years. And it's sad to see what the Dallas Cowboys have become. And what I should point out to you folks is that Jimmy Johnson was not the head coach of the team. The team was coached by Barry Switzer. And it was sad because after the Cowboys won their second straight Super Bowl, we lost Jimmy Johnson because he and Jerry Jones really could not see eye to eye. They could not, you know, both had different, you know, plans. You know, both did things differently. Like I said, no eye to eye. One, they were not. I shouldn't really say that they weren't on the same page, because it seems to me that Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson really were not even reading the right, the, the same book. <laughs> and for what I said, both had different ideas on the future personnel plans for the team, and of course, it's been said that both wanted equal credit for the team's recent success. Well, there we go. So Jimmy Johnson got you no know, dr- driven out of town. Which was sad, but we were able to find a suitable replacement. That would be Barry Switzer, the former head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. Who actually had one of the highest winning percentages of any college football coach. A mark of .837. So I can honestly say that 
Barry Switzer was perfectly qualified for the job. I'm not going to deny that. But of course, some people say that Barry... When people say that Barry Switzer deserves no credit for winning the Super Bowl because he took over a team that was built by Jimmy Johnson. Look, yeah, the fact is he did take over a team that was built by Jimmy Johnson. But that doesn't mean that he was going to win a Super Bowl, okay? Any guy could take over a team that's full of talent, that's well-established, that's well-set up, and fuck up the whole thing. You know, anybody could do that, and that's happened before. No, Barry Switzer took a team that was well-established, and he did something with it. He did something good with it. He he made it win a team. Okay? So I am not in favor of the fact that people say Barry Switzer deserves no credit, okay? Jimmy Johnson still deserves credit for putting the team together, but the way I like to see it is like this. Barry Switzer started... I mean, Barry Switzer finished what Jimmy Johnson started. It's just a damn shame that we had to lose Jimmy Johnson because apparently... Jerry, you know, with Jerry Jones and that that whole thing, but I really don't want to get into that. Now I'm going to do a quick rundown of the Cowboys' 1995 season. Another interesting season, you know, finishing 12 and 4, but but due to the salary cap, the Cowboys lost a number of key veterans in free agency, and that would include Alvin Harper, who left to sign with the Tampa Bay Bucks, safety James Washington, who, like I said in the, my Super Bowl 28 episode. Forced a fumble, recovered a fumble, returned it 46 yards for a touchdown, you know, which you know, tied the game and turned the game around for the Cowboys. And, of course, who intercepted that pass. We lost James Washington, who would sign with the Washington Redskins. We lost center Mark Stepnowski, who signed with the Houston Oilers. And longtime Cowboys uh, defensive veteran Jim Jeffcoat went to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and, unfortunately, you know... One of the key uh, quarterbacks, Kevin Smith, you know, missed the entire season after suffering an injury in Week One, and well, but the highlight of that was that the Cowboys were able to sign Deion Sanders, who coincidentally, as we know, helped San Francisco, helped the San Francisco 49ers the year uh, win the Super Bowl in the previous season. But of course, there's the infamous moment in the NFC Championship. Round three between Dallas and San Francisco, where San Francisco would actually pull off to win by winning the game 38-28. to Deion Sanders got away with a blatant pass interference call on Michael Irvin that was not called. And, well, we know the consequences of that. But you know what? The Cowboys were able to sign Deion Sanders away from the 49ers. Although, unfortunately, Deion Sanders' season was not quite the best. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I should mention that Emmett Smith will go on to win his fourth NFL rushing title, okay? And he set a, a then record of 25 rushing touchdowns in a season. Wow. Pretty amazing stuff, if I say so myself. But uh, talk about Deion Sanders, you know... The unfortunate part is because you know he saw, he had injury problems in nineteen in the nineteen ninety five season, and he would only play nine games for the Cowboys in the regular season. Only had twenty four tackles, intercepted two passes for thirty four yards. However, you know Darren Woodson had eighty nine tackles, two interceptions. One of them was for a touchdown. He would go on to win, go on to the Pro Bowl. Quarterback Larry Brown led the team in interceptions. He had a total of six, hundred twenty four return yards, and two touchdowns. Of course. Not surprisingly, defensive end Charles Haley led the team in sacks with ten and a half, and defensive end Chad Hennings had five and a half. And another safety, Brock Marion, had six interceptions, one of them which was for a touchdown. So Doomsday defense of the '90s was very much still alive for the time being. 
Now the Cowboys jumped up ahead and had an eight to one uh, eight eight to one record at one point in the season, but before they lost a shocker, a thirty to twenty loss to the 49ers at home, and the 49ers despite being the defending champions, they were not doing so well because they came into this game with a 5-4 and four record. And the Cowboys trailed 31-14 at halftime. Hmm. Pretty sad. But from the, some of the research I saw is that the previous season, the 49ers actually suffered a 40-8 to eight loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. And... And the fact uh, of the matter is, you know, and this is really adding insult to injury, was that Steve Young did not play that game. Pretty sad, isn't it? But no matter, as I kind of like to uh, kind of wrap up the NFC and uh, uh, the regular season talk, you know, and I should actually, you know, this is actually interesting, and I, I want to go. I want to say not so fast because you know, there's a lot of important facts, you know, that, that can't go undiscussed. I want to do my best not to miss any because, you know, that's happened. But the Cowboys were swept by the Washington Redskins that particular season. Pretty interesting, if you ask me. <laughs> because And, you know, the, fa- and the fact of the matter is, is that the, the Washington Redskins finished 6-10. and 10, Didn't make the playoffs. You know, the Cowboys won the NFC East with the number one seed where the Eagles, you know, took second place to go, to go on to be the fourth seed. <clears throat> So it's pretty freaking interesting. And yeah, just to confirm my source, yeah, the, in 19, during the 94 season, the, the Eagles destroyed the 49ers in Candlestick Park 40-8. to And Steve Young was actually benched in that game after he went 11 for 23 with two interceptions and was even sacked in the end zone for a safety. Well, I guess sometimes that happens. You know, Steve Young just had a bad game and, well... I guess the 49ers did what they thought was right and had to bench him. But it really didn't do him any good, now did it? Well, well, well. The fact that the Cowboys were going to win the third straight Super Bowl in four years was just something huge, okay? But, and the fact that the Cowboys haven't done it since, it's really mind-boggling. And quite frankly, it's really sad. And, you know, every year... All these Cowboy fans, you know, have hope that maybe this year will be our year, but in my case, while as difficult as it is for me to say it, I'm sorry, but, and I've said this before, you know, with Wiley, a.k.a. the Ben Mister on the show, as long as Jerry Jones is still the team's general manager, I don't see it happening. I mean, it, it, it's, it might be wrong for me to say this, and obviously a lot of people will not agree with me, while a lot of people probably will, but until Jerry Jones is... Not in control. I don't think the Cowboys have a chance. It's unfortunate, but you know we know how you know the whole thing goes. You know with Jerry Jones's presence with the team, you know a, a lot, a lot of you know disagreements. You know a, a lot of uh, things just go bad. Things go sour. It's it's not good. It's not good for business for the Cowboys in their case. But to finish it out, after losing to the 49ers, the Cowboys would bounce back and start, they started a, a six-game winning streak. And pretty much, you know, had the season, you know, the season, everything w- was fine. And, you know, really nothing to worry about. Although Troy Aikman, uh, from Anderson, you know, still, you know, had a couple of injuries in this game, in, in the season, excuse me. But 
from what I understand, the Cowboys, you know, seem to actually have done very, very good. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just so overcome with emotion, the fact that, you know, this was the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. I was three years old and haven't been one back since. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's so difficult. So now let's get to the playoffs, all right? <laughs> Cowboys, like I said, had the number one seed in the NFC, while the Eagles had the number four seed. Okay, so the Cowboys should be doing sh- should be able to do okay. So that means the Cowboys have another buy in the first round, all right? But now that I'm going to talk about the playoffs, and the Cowboys would, would play the Philadelphia Eagles in, in the divisional round. Let's take a look at who the Eagles had to get rid of to make it. That would be the Detroit Lions, okay? And the Eagles did more than just simply eliminate the team. I mean, they destroyed them. I should mention at halftime of that game, the score was thirty-eight to seven. Thirty-one points scored in the in the second quarter for the Eagles, and the final score was fifty-eight to thirty-seven. And I should mention that prior to this game, a Detroit Lions player by the name of Lomas Brown famously guaranteed on television. The Lions would win. <laughs> and at one point, the Eagles had a 51-7 to lead. 51-7. to Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I should mention, the Eagles, those 58 points were the highest, the third highest total in an NFL postseason history. You don't see games like this anymore, do you? With such a high-scoring game. But it seems like the Eagles were really perfectly capable of giving the Cowboys a run for their money. Well, quite frankly, they did. So now let's get to the divisional playoffs. I want to take a deeper look at the playoffs. So So Dallas, you know, having their, their, their own one seed. San Francisco had the number two seed. You know, it, it it really seemed like it was poised that it would be a fourth consecutive NFC Championship between Dallas and San Francisco. At least during that time, I, I would have expected that. Because, you know, these teams have been fighting tooth and nail already in the NFC Championship. Let's Why not see it again? I mean, Dallas versus San Francisco, round four. Dallas already has a 2-1 advantage, you know, in that, in that series. And I'm sure the Cowboys want revenge from what happened last year. And this time, Deion Sanders is on their side. Who knows what could happen? Green Bay would dispose of Atlanta in the first round, 37-20 in Lambeau Field. Followed by a very dominant win against the 49ers. Well, maybe not so dominant, but 27-17 to eliminate the 49ers in Candlestick Park. While the Cowboys, on the other hand, on January 7th in Texas Stadium, eliminated the Philadelphia Eagles 32-11. Well, that's on the NFC side, but before I get more into that divisional game, looking at the uh, AFC, you know, Indianapolis and Kansas City in the divisional round. Indianapolis winning 10-7 at Arrowhead Stadium. Really a thing of, of my good friend Chris Smith, my former wrestling coach, Coach Ski. Well, I'm sure they don't really care anymore because the Chiefs are doing quite well today, aren't they? 
and on it, you know, it was, it's also amazing. You know, and Kansas City had the number one seed of the AFC, while the Pittsburgh Steelers had the number two seed, and then Buffalo had the number three seed. And Buffalo would would get rid of uh, Miami in the first round, and then Buffalo would, would lose to Pittsburgh forty to twenty one. Wow, very interesting indeed in the Colts and the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. Valiant effort by the Colts, but Pittsburgh would win twenty to sixteen. And the Pittsburgh Steelers would go to the Super Bowl. But now let's go to the divisional playoff game between Dallas and Philadelphia, shall we? I really now I really wish I was watching the game. Well, I was a baby. I was three years old. So not like I could have understood what was going on. You know, this was actually a rematch. Dallas and Philadelphia in the divisional game. It was a rematch from a couple of years ago in the 1992 NFC Divisional Playoffs when the Cowboys won 34-10. So the Eagles wanted revenge. And they really felt like they were going to have it. They really were not afraid of the Cowboys. Huh. But the Cowboys decided, you know what? We're not going to grant them revenge. We're just going to eliminate them and send them home. Because we are better. Well. Rodney Pete was the starting uh, running, uh, excuse me, the starting quarterback for the Eagles. He would suffer an injury early on. But in the entire game, the Cowboys would hold Philadelphia to just 227 yards and 11 points. Now, considering the fact that the Eagles scored 58 points the week prior, that is super impressive. It was kind of a hard-fought game at first. At halftime, the final score was 17-3, to okay? On the second drive of the game, the Cowboys did score the, some points. You know, it ended by a 24-yard field goal by Chris Boniel. Then the Eagles would punt, but then Troy Aikman would, would throw an interception, which was returned 34 yards by Eagles player Mark McMillian. Excuse me. However, the Eagles would only, have to, would only be able to settle for a 26-yard field goal. And that was on that play where Rodney Pete apparently had suffered a concussion after he was tackled by Darren Woodson. Oh, it was not on the field goal play. I don't know if I said that. It was on the. It was on the. It was on the drive. On, on the play drive. Pete, Rodney Pete. Eh, excuse me, Rodney. Yes, Rodney Pete was actually. I, I believe he was scrambling. You know, he was one yard short of a first down on the Dallas went nine yard line. He would be knocked out of the game after he was hit by, like I just said, uh, Darren Woodson, and then Randall Cunningham. You know, came in the game to replace him, but it didn't really do any any favors to the Eagles. So now we get to the second quarter. Now that this is really where it's getting really interesting for the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys they're certainly they're going to take advantage of the fact that the Eagles just lost their starting quarterback. I mean, I guess when that opportunity comes, you got to take full advantage of it, right? So in the second quarter, Emmett Smith really kind of you know. Uh, Put on a hell of a performance. Had four carries for 25 yards. Even caught a 22-yard reception. And then we all remember, you know, De- Deion Sanders had a 21-yard touchdown on, on an end-around run. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. You know, and, and what I found interesting, you know, and this is as I was doing a bit of, the re- a bit of research, uh, quite frankly, was that, you know, at one point, you know, Deion Sanders... 
you know, in the in the um, NFC Championship game against Green Bay, had one catch for 35 yards. You know, Deion Sanders' hands were certainly trustworthy now, weren't they? <laughs> but, so anyway. So the Cowboys, you know, score. Okay. It's 10-3. to 3. Okay. The Eagles just lost their starting quarterback, but we have to see how things go. So the Eagles get the ball back. They get one first down before they are forced to punt. But then the Cowboys decide, we're really going to rub salt into the wound for the Eagles. Because the Cowboys would then march 79 yards. And on that drive, Troy Aikman would, would have completions of 37 and 26 yards to a receiver, Kevin Williams, and full, as well as, uh, as, well as excuse me, uh, Moose Johnston. And it was actually Daryl Moose Johnson's catch that gave the Cowboys a first down of the Eagles' one-yard line. Which then the Cowboys would score on a running play to make it 17-3 with a little less than four minutes left in the first half. Of course, the Packers... Uh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, the Eagles, uh, well... Not really much that they can do about it, but... But when we go to the second half... The Eagles try to, you know, do everything that they can, but nothing can happen, really. Cowboys took the, you know, the, the second half kickoff, but, you know, it finished with an 18-yard field goal, which would make the score 20-3, to but then on their next drive, they made it 23-3, to courtesy of a 51-yard field goal by Chris Boniel, which was regarded as a franchise record at the time. But now we get to the fourth quarter, and Deion Sanders intercepted a pass from Cunningham to return it to the Eagles' 21-yard line. Well, now the Eagles really are in deep shit. I mean, the game's probably over at this point, right? But anyway, so it's at the 21-yard line, and it leads to the final score with Troy Aikman connected on a 9-yard pass to Michael Irvin. Now it's 30 to 3. Game over and indeed, right? Yeah. So but the Eagles will respond as Cunningham managed to go 4 for 5 for 63 yards before running the ball in the end zone himself. And then the Eagles just go for a two-point conversion. But when this happened, there was a little there was just 2 minutes and 36 seconds left in the game. So, it was just what I like to call scoring a touchdown in garbage time but just for pride. So at least the Eagles, you know, as far as the pride goes, at least they could say, well, we didn't prevent Dallas from, we, we didn't let Dallas prevent us from scoring. Although all, all the good that I did the Eagles. So Aikman would finish that game. 17 completions, 253 yards, and a touchdown with one interception. Michael Irvin, unfortunately, only had one catch. You know, he was spent, spent the entire game being double teamed. But Williams... Excuse me, wide receiver Kevin Williams, six catches for 124 yards, two kickoff return for 45 yards. Emmett Smith had 99 yards and a touchdown. He also caught three passes for 40 yards. Huh. And as far as this divisional game goes, you know, this was the last time the Cowboys won a divisional playoff game. <laughs> because, because since then, the Cowboys lost six games in the divisional playoffs. 
Because in the night, because you know, in the nineteen ninety six season, from what I understand, they went to the divisional playoffs game and lost. They will go back in two thousand seven, where they lost to the New York Giants, where Patrick Creighton had that infamous drop, which was really as painful to talk about. But I don't know why I'm doing it. But then there's the two thousand nine one, and then two thousand fourteen, sixteen, and eighteen. That's where. So the last time the Cowboys won a divisional playoff game happened to be against the Eagles in the nineteen ninety five season. Well. So that's really where things start to hurt. Now I'm really in pain. Now I'm really sick to my stomach, folks. And I kid you not. But let's continue, shall we? Because now we are at the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 30. The Cowboys versus the Steelers. Two longtime rivals, okay, who previously met in two Super Bowls, with the Steelers winning both of them. Now the Cowboys were more determined than ever to gain revenge. And there was nothing more than the Cowboys wanted was to beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And what I should mention is that the Cowboys became the first team to win three Super Bowls in four years. I mentioned that earlier. While in Pittsburgh's case, this was their first defeat in a Super Bowl. They would lose another Super Bowl in 2010 when they lost to the Packers, which ironically was at AT&T Stadium. But it was the third It was the third meeting between two long rivals in a Super Bowl. And after the Steelers took the win in the previous two, the Cowboys did not want to let that happen again. So in the Cowboys' case, I should say, third time's the charm, right? Well, it certainly was. This game took place January 28th, 1996, 10 days after my third birthday, at Sun Devil Stadium at Tempe, Arizona. The first Super Bowl that was played in the Phoenix area. Now both teams came to this game attempting to tie the San Francisco 49ers for the most Super Bowl wins by a franchise. So it seems like the Cowboys wanted to be a five-time champions as well, but so did the Steelers. Now in this case, you know, for the Steelers case, it doesn't really matter because after losing this one, the Steelers went on, went on and win two more. And they have six titles, so they have the last laugh, unfortunately. But hey, it is what it is. Okay. You know, and what's amazing is that the, the MVP of this Super Bowl was Larry Brown. He was a 12th round draft pick. Yeah, that's how the draft was back then. A 12th round draft pick. Okay. He became the first cornerback to be named Super Bowl MVP because he had two interceptions in the second half. And the Cowboys would convert those two interceptions into touchdowns, okay? So Larry Brown played a huge game, a huge role in helping Dallas beat Pittsburgh. So him winning the Super Bowl MVP award was more than deserved. More than deserved. And I'm actually proud to say that, you know, a couple years ago when my dad had a restaurant a French uh, restaurant, specifically specializing in crepes. Larry Brown came to our restaurant, okay? And he loved the food. Of course, I asked him for a picture, which... At first, he was reluctant. You know, he at first, he was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you the reason why, because it's a little embarrassing for him, and I don't want to embarrass the man, because I respect him. But he said, you know what? Okay, it's all right. Because at, fir- at first, he said no, which, you know, I you know, said it's okay. And, and then I guess he, I guess he kind of felt bad and said, you know what? No, I'll take the picture, but... God bless Larry Brown. He's a great guy. I really appreciate him coming to my restaurant, and I'm glad I'm glad he was able to enjoy our food. 
So, going to this game, okay, and, you know, a couple of the highlights, you know, and I should admit, you know, the Steelers had the, num- the number two uh, seed in, in AFC, you know, after going, you know, finishing 11-5. The Cowboys, you know, came to this game number one seed of the NFC with 12-4 and record. Barry Switzer versus longtime Steelers legendary coach Bill Cowher. Well, really a, a contest, you know, as far as the coaching, you know, two of the biggest coaches in history. You know, Barry Switzer, no more for his college football days than the, than the days in the NFL. Bill Cowher, you know, lo- known for you know, a long time with the Steelers, helped did help them win the Super Bowl in 2005. <laughs> wow. You know, and going back to Larry Brown, you know, Larry Brown's first interception was returned 44 yards to the Pittsburgh 18-yard 18 18 line. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I said, it was absolutely deserved. Look at the pregame ceremonies. Hmm. So Vanessa Williams would sing the national anthem. Halftime show was Diana Ross. Okay. But now let's talk about the game. All right. So it began. The Cowboys get the ball, opening ball. Okay. Managed to get the ball on the 29-yard line. First possession of the game. Dallas seemed to be doing okay. Troy Aikman would complete a 20-yard pass on a second down uh, play to Michael Irvin, which was followed by a 23-yard rush by Emmett Smith to take the Cowboys to the 28-yard line. Of Pittsburgh. However, on a third and eight, the Cowboys were stopped and had to settle for a 42-yard field goal, which was successfully converted. Now, the Steelers' first possession, Dallas was able to force a three and out and a punt. And, of course, the punt was returned by Deion Sanders, although... Not much out of it, you know, an 11-yard return to the 25-yard uh, line. And, you know, in this game in particular, Deion Sanders, it, 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 this was actually on this drive. Emmett Smith had a, had two runs, and then Aikman completed two uh, quick passes. One of them was was with was two with Michael Irvin for 11 yards. And the second one was actually to Deion Sanders, okay, who actually was able to, to get it for 47 yards. Deion Sanders would actually become the first. Well, he's actually a, he's the he's so far the only player in Super Bowl history to record a Super Bowl interception as well as 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 a catch. His interception was with the 49ers, but still, the fact of the matter is he's the only player in Super Bowl history to have an interception and a reception. So he he does that. He has the interception with the 49ers and has to catch the Cowboys. Deion Sanders really made a name for himself because these those two things right there. The first guy to have an interception on defense and a reception on offense, that's on your freaking resume. That can't be ignored. But then, the four plays later, Troy Aikman was able to connect with tight end Jay Novacek on a three-yard touchdown pass to what would give the Dallas Cowboys a 10-0 lead. Well, here's another sad thing for Dallas. This was Jay Novacek's final game. Because he would miss the entire following season due to back injuries, which would have, which would have, which would have, you know, forced him into retirement. 
So in Jay Novacek's case, I'm glad his final g- career game, he was able to win a Super Bowl, have his third ring. Well-deserved, buddy. Well-deserved. And it was actually the second Super Bowl in which Jay Novacek would score Dallas' first touchdown. Of course, the first touchdown was at Super Bowl 27 in that 52-17 thrashing of the Buffalo Bills. But now the Cowboys have a 10-0 lead. Well, Pittsburgh's really starting to get angry. The Pittsburgh Steelers still, you know, were unable to find an answer. Okay. Now, on the next drive, the Steelers would manage to get, to go as far as the 36-yard uh, line. And, and just, you know, re- reading all this, you know, looking at the play-by-play, you know, for pro football ref- references, I mean, this, it seems more difficult than it looks, but I'm actually glad that they're able, you know, that the play-by-play is there. It's, it's really, you know, it's really it's, it's really helping a lot. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how much it do- it does help, but... But on that ensuing drive... Not really the best thing for Pittsburgh. They start off on their own 27-yard line, but make it, manage to make it as far as the Dallas Cowboys' 39-yard line. Well, off of a punt, I should say. You know, looking at, you know when it says the second quarter, you know that, that that's where the confusion really builds up. <laughs> but so. The Cow- the the Steelers managed to advance to the Dallas thirty six yard line on their on that uh, ensuing drive, but the moment momentum apparently fell apart because apparently there was a miscommunication. Uh, from what I understand, okay, Neil O'Donnell, who was the starting quarterback for the Steelers in this game, he was in the shotgun formation, and apparently the center Dermonte Dawson snapped the ball over Dawson's head. Okay. Although Donald managed to recover the fumble, the Steelers could not recover from that particular play because that mistake cost them 13 yards, and they had to punt two plays later. And I like how you know the, the reference, how it's just showing, how it's it's explaining the whole thing. So look at that, unbelievable! You know how you have all that momentum, and it's all taken away. So the Steelers punt. Cowboys get the ball back. Troy Aikman, two straight completions to Jay Novacek for a combined 18 yards, followed by a no-gain play by Emmett Smith. But then Troy Aikman would connect again with Michael Irvin for 12 yards, followed by a, a four-yard run by Smith, then four-yard run by Daryl Moose Johnston. Well, the Cowboys are certainly driving up the field, and then part of that play, you know, Jay Novacek had a 19-yard reception. Okay. Uh, they get they get as far as the Pittsburgh 15. One play, Emmett Smith has no game, but then on the next play, he lost three yards. So the Cowboys have to settle for another field goal, which they successfully convert, and it's 13 to zero. And now the Steelers are really fucking mad, and I mean mad. Because on the next ensuing drive, they got nothing out of it. <laughs> so, Pittsburgh gets the ball back. First play by Neil O'Donnell, an incomplete pass. And then a run for negative one for a, for a loss of a yard. And then another incompletion, so Pittsburgh punts again. But the Cowboys on their ensuing drive after that get nothing. So it's still 13 nothing. 
Pittsburgh gets the ball back with 3 minutes and 52 seconds left in the half. On the second play of that drive, Neil O'Donnell was sacked. That's 3rd and 20. But Neil O'Donnell is able to complete a 19-yard pass, but it's 4th and 1. But the Steelers have to go for it because they're down 13-0, in which they successfully convert. They get 3 yards on a play. But then the Steelers sort of drive down the field. Okay, and eventually the their this drive they finally score, so they cut a thirteen nothing lead to make it thirteen to seven. Cowboys get the ball back, and they and as you mentioned, the the Steelers scored with seventeen seconds left in the half. So the Dallas gets the ball back, but Drakeman, you know, you know, kind of kneeled the ball. You know, it's halftime. You know, just get like that. So when Pittsburgh got the ball back to start the second half, they could not produce anything out of it. Basically. The way the third quarter started, from all from everything I'm reading, I don't want to do everything everything like detail by detail, but it was just an exchange of punting. You know, the Steelers were at one point were able to advance the ball to their own uh, 48 yard line, but it did not go well. It did not go well at all. Because after the Cowboys punt, and that, now you're at nine minutes and 14 seconds in the third. The Steelers have the ball, okay, at their own 36-yard line. They manage to get to their 48. But then Neil O'Donnell throws a pass, and it's intercepted by Larry Brown. Well, that's really where things, you know, really... Because, you know, it was on that play, it was on that play okay, that Larry Brown returned at 44 yards to the Dallas 18-yard line, okay? And then shortly after... Aikman would complete a 17-yard pass to Michael Irvin to bring the ball to the one-yard line. Things are really going bad for Pittsburgh now, aren't there? Isn't it? Because it was actually that very first play after the interception. It was the 17-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, it's be the 17-yard gain. You had the Pittsburgh one. It's first and one at the Pittsburgh one. There's no excuse not to score, and Dallas scores, makes it 20 to seven. Pittsburgh is really in trouble now, and time is starting to run out. They have to do something. Unfortunately, their next drive, after an 18-yard return of a kickoff, Neil O'Donnell got sacked for a loss of four yards on the on the first play, but uh, didn't force a punt immediately. But well, actually, no, they did force the punt, but the the Steelers did not punt. Okay, it's the ball. Now the play started at the at the Pittsburgh 15-yard line, and it ended at the Pittsburgh 47-yard line. After Neil O'Donnell was able to complete a couple, you know, two passes for eight yards, one for nine yards. Obviously, the running game was not doing any favors. It's second and two at the Pittsburgh 47. Three straight plays. A player by the name of Bam Morris tries to run the ball, and each time the Cowboys defense forced a no gain. Three times in a row, and even was on the fourth and two. This is God's here. This is what I want for the Cowboys defense nowadays. A, a rushing defense that can do just that. Three straight no gains. And a freaking Super Bowl, too. Okay. So it's turnover on downs. The Cowboys have the ball at the, uh, the Pittsburgh 47. Unfortunately, the Cowboys get nothing out of it. The first play, Emmett Smith gets six yards. But Troy Aikman has two straight incompletions, both of which were to Michael Irvin. So the Cowboys are forced to punt. Would not be happy about that because that's a wasted opportunity. So when the when the Cowboys punt that particular play, 
it's you know, and as you mentioned, that no gain was what there was like a little over two minutes left in the third quarter, and the, the Cowboys, you know, couldn't do anything on that ensuing drive, forced a turnover on downs, but get nothing out of it. So the Cowboys punt the ball back. Now this is in the closing seconds of the third quarter. The Steelers get the ball back with 33 seconds left. Neil O'Donnell completes a 12-yard pass to Ernie uh, to Ernie Mills, and then there's a five-yard run on on a running play. It's the end, it's the end of the third quarter. Now we're in the fourth quarter. It's 20 to seven. The Cowboys have to seal the deal. There's a 12-yard run. Now on this particular drive. Neil O'Donnell completed five consecutive passes. Now, they weren't for huge. Now, the first one was for 11 yards to Ernie Mills, who fumbled, but it was recovered by Pittsburgh, so the Steelers were able to catch a break. Then the second pass was the second pass was just for two yards. The next one was for five. The other one for seven, and then another one for two yards. So, now the key of that game, the Cowboys did kind of come up in, in, in this one because on a third and eight at the Dallas 19-yard line, Neil O'Donnell was sacked. Forcing the Steelers to settle for a field goal, so twenty to seven. Now it's twenty to ten. All right, you force a field goal. Defense is is sacking. They're not they're not allowing big plays, so everything's okay. Everything's all right, but you still got to you guys you still got to seal the deal because you know. And once the field goal was made, the forty six yard field goal, you know, you know that particular drive, you know, on that drive, you know, from when it started in the fourth quarter, I mean, the Steelers took time off the clock. Okay, took you know. You know, it started at 15, you know, when the Steelers scored the field goal, the time on the clock was 11 minutes and 48 seconds. But then, well, no, really. The Steelers, this is where I say the Steelers really decided to play a little trick. Because after making it 20-10... to the Steelers decided to trick the Cowboys by trying to get into their head. Apparently it worked because on the ensuing kickoff, the Steelers executed a successful onside kick. Recovered the ball. The ball was recovered for Pittsburgh at their own 47-yard line. <laughs> now stuff really gets interesting because now the now this time if if the Steelers are able to convert, it's it's still, you know, they can still pull off the upset. They recovered the onside kick. Neil O'Donnell completes t- t- two consecutive passes that were for uh, more than 10 yards. He would then go on to complete a seven-yard uh, play. Now the Steelers are really, they're, they're really driving down the field. I mean, I wouldn't say driving down the field. They're driving down th- this half of the field because, you know, they had good field position. Okay. Now they get to the red zone, okay. Three straight running plays, and, the, and then the Steelers score, make it 20-17. to se- 17. Bam Morris scores a one-yard touchdown. It's twenty to seventeen. As a Cowboy fan, my heart is beginning to beat really fast. The pressure is building up. The stress level is super high. I am biting my nails. I am sweating. I am scared to death because we were dominating, and now look what's going on in the game. But that's the Pittsburgh Steelers for you. The Pittsburgh Steelers—they're not gonna go away, buddy. If you want to beat them, you gotta beat them on your own. You gotta make them go away. So, Cowboys get the ball back. Trey Aikman was able to complete a 22-yard pass to Kevin Williams. But, unfortunately, on a second and nine, Trey Aikman was sacked for a loss of eight yards. And the Steelers were going to force a punt. The Cowboys do punt. But then the Steelers decided, the Steelers, 
Well, you know, and I, and I keep, you know, I, I keep, I gotta remember, I, I gotta keep looking at the clock. So when the Cowboys punted, it was four minutes and forty-one seconds left in the game. And when the Steelers get the ball back at their own at their thirty-two yard line, there's four minutes and fifteen seconds left in the game. This is where I'm super scared because we need the Cowboys defense to force a turnover here. The Steelers cannot score. So, and that's where the magical thing. That's where Larry Brown came up clutch, and this is where this is the reason right there why Larry Brown deserved to be Super Bowl MVP, ladies and gentlemen, because after one incompletion, Neil O'Donnell throws another incompletion. And this time it's intercepted by Larry Brown. Oh, boy. And, and I just mentioned how just like a few seconds before that, I am absolutely nervous. But then Brown intercepts the pass and returns at 33 yards to the Steelers' six-yard line. In this play, you know, the Cowboys' defense, you know, launched a super heavy blitz. So they were really giving, you know, O'Donnell a hard time. I mean, they, the Cowboys did what they had to do. I mean, that's what you want to do to the opposing quarterback. You want to blitz the hell out of him. You want to put pressure on him. I mean, that's that, that's how you play defense, is it not? <laughs> so, so the Cowboys get amazing field position. They have to score to seal the deal. And two plays later, Emmett Smith would score with less than four minutes left, to be precise, with three minutes and 43 seconds left in the game. Emmett Smith scores to make the game 27-17. You know, I should mention that. Emmett Smith was held to only 9 yards in the second half of that game. <laughs> and he would score the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> now, Steelers still going to try to do something. But... Really, you know, with three minutes and 43 seconds left, I mean, it could still happen. They could score quickly and then try another onside kick. But, of course, you you would ask yourself, is fate really going to repeat itself? It's Pitts, it's Pitts, excuse me, is Pittsburgh going to get lucky again? Nope, did not happen. So, Cowboys kick it off. The Steelers have the ball. So, it seems at one point, so, you know, starting the, they have the Pittsburgh has the ball. Three minutes and twenty-eight seconds left to go at their twenty-four-yard line. An eleven-yard uh, pass completion by Neil O'Donnell to Andre Hastings, followed by another nine-yard completion. So now you're at the forty-nine-yard line. Now the Cow- they're able to get themselves to the Dallas forty-five-yard line. Okay, but that's where Dallas his defense really kind of pulled through. I mean. Maybe I should say pull through, or maybe Neil O'Donnell was just unable to get it through. Because it's first and ten at the Dallas 40 with two minutes and eight seconds left. Neil O'Donnell, four consecutive incompleted passes. The last one was on a fourth and ten. <laughs> on a fourth and ten. Fourth and ten, one minute and 40 seconds left to go. It's a turnover on downs. <laughs> and because... I'm sorry. See now, I'm I'm just imagining myself, how happy of a fan I would be. I mean, this is probably I'm running around the house. I'm probably running outside with my shirt off. You know, celebrating the Cowboys just won their third Super Bowl in four freaking years. You know, we're America's team. Yada yada yada. Because after that turnover on downs, it was over. Troy Aikman would you know have those you know three plays. You know, one play for no gain, then the negative one yards just to run the clock down. 
And with, with 15 seconds left to play, actually, the, 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 the Cowboys punt the ball to give it to the Steelers. And on the final play of the game, Neil O'Donnell throws an interception. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How ironic is it, ladies and gentlemen, that the final play of the game was an interception? So the Cowboys give the give the Steelers the ball, but then just take the ball right right back. <laughs> but man, oh man, oh man, what's such an interest, interesting game? Now let me go over the stats in a little bit. Troy Aikman, 15 for 13, 15 completions, 23 attempts, 209 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked twice, a rating of 108.8. Very respectable. Emmett Smith, like I said, you know, only 49 yards in this game. He scored twice. And his 23-yard run, you know, from that time, that was, his, that was his longest play of the game. But, you know, just keep in mind, you know, he was held to 49 yards the entire game, and he scored twice, including the game-winning touchdown. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense, I mean, it was pretty damn good, but the Cowboys just, you know, found a way to get the best of it. But one of the things I loved, you know, one of the things, if I had seen it with my own eyes, I mean, I've seen this, this on YouTube, but... It would have been something if I had seen it with my own eyes on TV or if I was somehow miraculously there in person, but Deion Sanders' catch for 47 yards. Whew. Unbelievable. Absolutely un- unbelievable. It's no wonder they call him prime time. Because he is prime time, son. Man. A lot of beautiful stats. Looking at the defense. Chad Hennings, two sacks. Charles Haley had one. Tony Talbert won. You know, the Steelers, Levon Kirkland, who was actually considered to be Pittsburgh's uh, best player on defense, had one sack. And on that game-winning touchdown, Emmett Smith, somehow Emmett Smith was able to get through him. And, you know, they were talking on these notes that apparently when Emmett Smith scored the touchdown, <laughs> it was something. It really was. But... I don't, I don't know what to say. I really don't. But. And of course, the O'Donnell's uh, intercepted pass was, was on a Hail Mary. Of course, you know, I'm not surprised they tried a Hail Mary, but. But from what I'm reading, you know, when the Cowboys, you know, just try to drain out the rest of the clock. Okay. Uh, uh, and from what I'm saying, okay, so yeah, Smith scored the game, the game clinching touchdown by making a cutback on Kirkland. Wow. The best play, of course, like I said, the best. Okay, he was the best Pittsburgh player that day. Okay, but still, he was a key player for them. And Emmett Smith somehow got the best of him on that play. So Troy Aikman had three quarterback kneels, and apparently they had an intentional delay of game. Well, I don't know if I would have uh, thought that, but hey, it's not like it did. It, it didn't do Pittsburgh any favors anyway. What's amazing is that the Steelers outgained the Cowboys in total yards. Had 25 first downs compared to the fact that the Cowboys only had 15. And the fact that they were able to keep Dallas' running game to just 56 yards, but still not win. It seems to me that the the three interceptions by O'Donnell was really the problem because those three interceptions led to two touchdowns. Of course, one of them led to the game-winning touchdown. And according to this, is that O'Donnell entered Super Bowl 30 as the NFL's all-time leader in fewest interceptions per pass attempt. Let me say that one more time. O'Donnell, okay, came into this game. Neil O'Donnell came into this game 
as the NFL's all-time leader in fewest interceptions per pass attempt. And he threw three in this game, all of which were costly. <laughs> well, that's pretty freaking amazing. Okay, this Cowboys defense, I miss this defense. I, I wish it was still here. But... Did not happen. It's not happening. So now with them talking, do a little, you know, I did a little bit of aftermath research, and I really got to talk about aftermath because the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since, while, of course, Pittsburgh went on to win two. But Charles Haley was the first player to win five Super Bowls. He won two with San Francisco, and then won, and then won two previously with the Cowboys, so he won, you know, with this one. Okay, I mean... Charles Haley, you know, five Super Bowl championships total. Two with San Francisco, three with Dallas. You know, and this brings up another what if. What if Charles Haley never came to the Dallas Cowboys? What if he had stayed with the 49ers? What if he never had problems? What if he got along well with the with George Seifert? Well, who knows? I mean, I'm not, I can't really say much about it, you know. It's merely, these are merely theories, but there's really not much to say. And Barry Switcher became the second head coach... After Jimmy Johnson, of course, to win the College Football National Championship, as well as a Super Bowl title. And I and when I did the episode on Super Bowl 27, there's, there's only three coaches in, in history that's won the College uh, National Championship, as well as a Super Bowl. That would be Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, and Pete Carroll. Two of those coaches were Cowboy coaches, so that's pretty cool. Hmm. And from what I've read, apparently... There was a there was a, a a mini like a tradition. The the Lombardi Trophy was presented to the winning team in, in the locker room, but this was around that time the NFL was being the tradition of presenting the trophy on the field. I think that's better, honestly. I mean, I understand you know you know the the the, the team who loses it's difficult for them, but well, now unfortunately, Larry Brown would go on to. To sign with the Oakland Raiders, you know, on what was a you know a, a very huge contract, but Larry Brown was unable to make an impact with the Raiders because you know suffered two you know had two seasons you know where he was just plagued with injuries. So of course after that season, Neil O'Donnell left the Pittsburgh Steelers to sign with the New York Jets. But uh, ironically, much like Larry Brown, you know O'Donnell's tenure with the New York Jets plagued with injuries and just horrible play. He was released after the 1997 season. And, <laughs> wow. F- finish as a backup. I don't, it's unfortunate this was the final Super Bowl victory of the Cowboys' 90s dynasty. Because they, it, it would start out such a playoff drought because the Cowboys would not win another playoff game until 2009. You know, and shortly after, not long after this, you know, Michael Irvin suffered that career-ending neck injury in the Eagles. And then not long after, also because of injuries, uh, Daryl Johnson w- w- was forced to retire. You know, they bo- they would both retire after the 1999 season. And then, of course, in 2000, Troy Aikman would, re- would retire. So, it really was the end of an era. I mean, the Cowboys would go on, you know, as defending champs, they went 10-6, but didn't get anywhere. You know, this is where, you know when I talk to the fans from back then about this. It's 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 a very difficult situation because you know like I said it's no exaggeration of the fact that the dynasty was over. There's no doubt about that. 
Okay. And not to mention, you know, the, the Cowboys would once again go to the divisional playoffs, and they lost to the Carolina Panthers. Okay. <laughs> so, it was, it, was, it, it, was, it was a sad way to go. It was a sad way to go. And the last time, the, and, and, you know, and, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just such at a loss of words right now. I'm just mumbling, and, I, and I'm just, like, stuttering. I really apologize. Well, it's just sad that that particular year, that that offseason was the last time the Cowboys won, or the Cowboys won a divisional playoff game. They have not won one since, since the Cowboys beat the Eagles 30-11 to, 30 to in the 1995 divisional playoffs. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, like I said, the Steelers, in the aftermath of the Steelers, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger arrived, they would went on to win two Super Bowls. You know, they went to a... They, they, We'll go back to the Super Bowl again where they lost the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys have just been so irrelevant since since the Super Bowl win. There's been so much talent, but so much wasted talent. Not unconvincing coaching, but of course the management as well. The Cowboys have just not been the same. And the Cowboys, there's really no telling when they'll be back to this certain state. To this certain status, you know, to the god tier status, in the words of White Leaky, the Minister. But like I said earlier, as long as Jerry Jones is around, I don't believe that there's anything that's going to change. It's unfortunate, really, but that's just the truth. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I'd like to remind all of you that, in, that excuse me, that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank y'all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you next time. How about them, Cowboys?